0: That that was going to be a great track. Guys, what's the deal? Uh, Are you sure that was sounding okay? I'll be honest, fellas, it was sounding great, but I could have used a little more
1: cowbell. And we're back in live. I'm Jimmy Krupka. This is Ski Racing This Week. It's me again, and I must say I love a good joke, but nothing gets me more than a bad joke. I can't believe it took me 56 days of quarantine. Yes, that number is correct. But I finally got the idea to Google funny skiing jokes, quote, unquote. So as you know, I'm an expert Googler, and I know that when you Google funny jokes, you're essentially telling Google, give me the worst jokes known to mankind, the kind that are so bad that you want to crawl into a hole after hearing them. Boom, Google delivered. I now give you five wonderful jokes from, I'm not kidding you, this is the real name of this site, funkidsjokes.com. If you're standing, sit down. If you're sitting, buckle up, batten down the hatches. Here we go. What do you call a slow skier? A slope poke. <coughs> <coughs> It's not Corona, it's not a laugh either though. Okay, number two. How many ski instructors does it take to change a light bulb? Two, one to change the bulb and one to say, nice ton, nice ton. <laughs> <laughs> number three, what do skiers eat for lunch? Ice burgers, get it? <laughs> okay, moving on, number four. How can you make a small fortune learning how to ski? Start with a big one. Wow. That one hit home. I don't I don't even think that one's funny in, in any way. Yikes. And lastly, where does a skier keep his money? In a snowbank. Wow. Truly really a classic. <laughs> okay. Break those out whenever you want to uh, make someone laugh. Um, or just uh, make things really awkward because they, in all likelihood, they probably won't laugh. Um, Anyway, in other news, I've received intel uh, via Sebastian Foss Solvag's Instagram that the Norwegians have joined the Swedes as the only nation's training on snow right now. Solvag was training GS at the new indoor facility in Oslo. Um, The eye emoji inserted there. Finally, several nations have recently named their official 2021 rosters. You can find the full list on each national team's respective websites or their social medias. No big surprises or anything. Um, I did get named to the U.S. team this year, which was kind of huge. And uh, the squad I tagged along with uh, this past season are all back on the U.S. team again. And I can tell you right now to expect big things from the young up-and-comers. We'll have that story for you next winter. Anyway, we've got a great show for you today. Victor Mufajonde, known to many of you as Mr. Muffin Jeans, the Olympic medalist and three-event threat on the World Cup from France, visits with us over the phone for a bit. Then we take a caller who has some guest suggestions, and finally, at the end, we read the mail. Now, without further ado, Victor Mufajonde. A warm welcome to Victor Mufajande from France, he's an Olympic medalist in Alpine Combined and a World Cup winner in that discipline. Victor, great to have you.
0: Yeah, thanks. Great for me too. Nice to meet you.
1: Yeah. So, uh, to us in the US, um, we are very bad at pronunciation, so uh, I used to call you Muffin Jeans, um, and I want to apologize for that.
0: Yeah, but that's alright. Even in uh, in France, it's never easy to to pronounce my name. So at the phone, I, I need to spell it a lot. So yeah, no worries. Uh, does it... You can use my uh, all my just the first letter of my name, VMG.
1: V M. Okay, I like that. Uh, so how is? Are you in, still in quarantine? Are you still staying home? And how is that going?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, in France, we have a pretty strong lockdown. So since uh, I think uh, 17 March, uh, I'm home, um, I'm pretty lucky. I went to the um, to kind of my second place. This is a, a little apartment of my girlfriend. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit little, but we are more in the mountains. So we are supposed to be more free, and, uh, but we, we respect it a lot. But of course, uh, the most important thing is I have a gym. Uh, okay. I can uh, like a private gym I can use a personally, so this is a uh, really good to go back to training
1: So you've just been working out and getting strong
0: Yeah, for the first weeks were pretty easy mm-hmm. uh, You know, uh, it was like kind of end of season. So we, yeah. we need to, to rest and the mind and the body and um, I, I uh, Now with the French team, we are starting to to do a programmation for the workouts and uh, everyone is doing uh, what he can uh, with, he, uh, we, we, with his own home, so I'm lucky with this situation. So I can start biking, you know, and uh, a okay. good, uh, good home trainer, and uh, I can run a little bit around my house. But uh, normally we don't have to to exceed uh, one kilometers away, and uh, I can do some weightlifting. So for the moment, it's really okay.
1: Nice. Um. So I saw on your Instagram story, um. Have you been gaming? Are you a, a gamer?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I used to be when I was uh, young, mm-hmm. or on the computer. Uh, but I had um, one of my sponsors uh, did a gift to me like uh, six or seven years ago with a PlayStation. And uh-huh. I was uh, playing a little bit, but since uh, last three years, uh, really not at all. But uh, yeah, of course, it was a good opportunity to come back, and uh, I, I do a little bit, and there is also a lot of French skiers, so we are playing together, and it's we I, uh, to be honest, there is a really good social link with this, so yeah. it's pretty cool.
1: Nice. What, what is your favorite game to play?
0: But we just started uh, everybody, everybody on uh, Call of Duty, so now okay. we are full uh, Warzone mode.
1: Nice. And you, who, who else <laughs> on the French team is playing?
0: Uh, yeah, there is like lots of the speed guy, like Brice Roger, Blaise mm-hmm. Zendenner, and uh, Valentin Girouman. and uh, I have also lots of um, French uh, ski instructor friends. Okay. So we are like quite a lot.
1: That's <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, who who's the best? Uh,
0: Blaise is uh, really good. Yes, mm-hmm. he. Has, he, he has many heroes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alexi was Alexis Peter was pretty good too, but I think he stopped now, so I didn't see him yet.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, something that I forgot to mention when I introduced you was the fact that you also beat a drone. In in there, Solomon made this video where you raced a drone down a head-to-head, uh, you know, side-by-side course, and you beat it. <laughs> what was that yeah, like? Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> It was uh, two years ago, just after Olympics, um, Salomon said at the very last time, they, they asked me this and, uh, you know, I really want to discover new things in my sport and it was uh, for sure a really good project. So I went to uh, Utah in a uh, snowboard,
1: uh-huh. it
0: was the first time for me in Utah and uh, I was there one week uh, racing the world championship, the world champion uh, drone racing. Yeah, and uh, it was a uh, it was a really hard wake of work because you know doing a, a good stuff uh, on the video is never easy. You have to to take a oh. lot lot of time to care of everything. Okay. So it was not easy, but it was a really good experience, and uh, I, I really like this kind of uh, of journey, and and for me discovering uh, Salt Lake and uh, Utah was uh, was great. Meeting the, all the people there. Yeah. If, for sure, uh, racing is the best for me, but uh, it will be also a really good experience for me.
1: Yeah, so was it your idea to, to race the drone?
0: Uh, no, no. For To be honest, was the idea of Salomon TV. Okay. Um, of course, I'm aware of uh, lots of stuff in the video, and uh, I like also drone racing, but they, they, they plan everything, and uh, they just ask me because, you know, it, this is uh, so much uh, work to plan and to ask the guy, so... No, yeah. I, I just get my note it was already
1: gotcha. So um, you beat the the two-time drone racing world champion which is pretty cool um, So something I really want to talk to you about is the Schladming Slom. so I haven't raced it but and I actually have never been to it but it's my favorite World Cup on the circuit Can you describe what it's like to race there the sights and sounds and emotions?
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I hope you will uh, be. You will have the chance to race it, of mm-hmm. course. And if not, you really have to to go to see it in a uh, real life once, uh, once a time in uh, in your life, because uh, this is really crazy. This is like like a Tokyo game uh, atmosphere. Um, of course, it's night race, so it's. Everything is much easier for uh, for slalom on a light race. Uh, mm-hmm. People care, come, uh, they are like partying. And uh, you have to imagine like uh, 5,000 people, uh, 50,000 people around the, the rear of the slalom and like shouting and <laughs> yeah some noise. Going crazy, yeah. So the first step is when you go to the warm-up like uh, there is warm-up course on the uh, right arm, so it's like 10 kilometers away from Schleiming. Uh-huh. Uh, like the day before, or uh, f- few hours before the race, on the warm-up, you can come and there is already like 100 people watching your warm-up. So this is oh, the wow. first step of the day. Uh, and after, uh, w- when you arrive, it's like, uh, you know, the race started at like, I don't know, maybe 5 p.m. and uh, we are arriving on uh, the race slope like at 3 p.m. for the mm. inspection, and there is already lots of people near the slope waiting for the show. Every everybody has to pay, so it's pretty crazy. Like 50,000 people are paying the ticket to to watch skiing. You know, in yeah. France, you never see this. And uh, yeah, after uh, when uh, an Austrian is, uh, is skiing on the slope, it's like uh, lots of colors, red colors. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say
1: it in French, but... Oh, the... Like, the, like, like fireworks. The, yeah, the they flares. Push. They have the yeah. road flares, yeah. and they're waving them. Yeah. And they're and all they glowing push, like, red. And, and yeah. The sound is crazy, and when you
0: are at the start, it's like uh, you can hear the sounds coming from uh, the finish area, and it's like a wave coming, you know? Yeah. Like a wave of sound. And... Uh, I also was pretty lucky to live uh, the World Championship there in 2013. The Slalom was not a night race, but was uh, it was like much more bigger. With they, they did like a crazy work on the area, on the finish area, mm-hmm. and uh, Marcel won Marcel Jocher, mm-hmm. and it was like uh, I was. Um, <clears throat> not top fully I was still at the start when Marcel won because I was after top 30. And after, in a World Championship, uh, if you're not top 30 at first one, you can still do the second run after the, the, the top 30. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I was waiting my start, and uh, the, the sound and the atmosphere was crazy. So, and after when the race is over, there is like a crazy um, after skiing bar. Oh yeah. And every, everybody is going there going there and it's like after all the January months of slalom so even if you're a racer you can go also a little bit oh, and so it's you, really cool to see all the people and yeah. So you got it's to like, party uh,
1: afterwards? Yeah, you
0: can party a little bit. Nice. It's right? <laughs> so <that's> really funny.
1: <laughs>
0: that's so, good. So yeah, it's, uh, this is a combination of uh, Austrian skiing with the uh, world uh, number one uh, country uh, about skiing in the world. Yeah. And uh, with a slalom, with the night race, with a party atmosphere, and you have uh, all together, it's it's like a real show.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. So, what's your favorite uh, World Cup race on the circuit?
0: Um, every time, I'm saying that uh, we are pretty lucky, and that uh, each weekend we are in the best place in the world to race. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm um, I feel. Uh, really happy to to leave all this work up but for sure uh, racing home in Val d'Isere is yeah. always pretty special with the the French public uh, I can say that also Switzerland and Austria is is really good with the with the the fans of skiing mm-hmm. and uh, at least uh, racing in US is always also special because the snow is really is best, you know, like the the US snow. So there is really good feelings more than other World Cup. Yeah. And also I really I really like the US spirit. So I really, like Beaver Creek is one of my favorite race too.
1: Yeah, and you had a podium in Beaver Creek a, a couple of years back, I remember. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the yeah the Colorado snow really is like nothing. Um, yeah, on Earth I, really. I, I, I just discovered the, the Colorado
0: snow and Utah snow in end of season. But for sure, Cor- Colorado snow, like you know, for us, it's um, it's a really good experience because each year we go to to Colorado for like two or three weeks before the Beaver Creek World Cup. Yeah, because it's like your our final uh, camp before the season, and uh, we go on um, uh, Vale and uh, before on Copper Mountain. Yeah. And the snow is also really, really cool. So for me, this is one of the best camp of the year for sure.
1: Yeah. So in the, in my podcast, I every uh, American guest, I ask them whether they prefer the Eastern Mountains or the Western Mountains. And, and the general consensus is, well, the Western Mountains are way bigger. You know, that's Colorado. They've got the Colorado snow. Um, but a lot of people love the Eastern Mountains because... Um, it's the surf. It doesn't snow as much, so the the uh, surface for for racing stays good, and a lot of people just have um, kind of a a tender place in their hearts for the Eastern Mountains. Um, and
0: yeah, that's what I heard too.
1: Yeah, and so I can't really ask you that question, I guess, because it's it's not as uh, maybe emotional of a question for you like it is for some of the Americans. But I need a question to ask every yeah. every guest on the podcast. No, yeah. no matter where they're from, um, that will, you know, half of the people will say one thing and half of the people will say the other thing.
0: Okay. So I need to help you to find the question?
1: Yeah. Okay. J- just off the okay. top of your head. Yeah. Anything?
0: Mm. You, you, could, uh, you could ask about speed or technique?
1: That's a good one, actually. Yeah.
0: Mm. You could ask, uh,
1: between frisking on the groomed slope or, uh, on, on Podwer, snow Oh, I like that one. If I, if I asked the question, well, I'll ask you yeah. right now. Would you prefer to ski on a perfectly groomed slope of Colorado snow or, um, a powder day?
0: It's funny because, um, with, uh, with the time I'm changing my mind and, uh, for when I was like 20,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would say I would love, uh, I would prefer going on powder snow because I was always thinking oh I'm always training, training on the groomer slope, and I never have time to go to go uh, on a free skiing on powder. But now I'm a little bit changing, and uh, yeah, for me, like I can feel so much uh, feelings and pressure on power on a groomer on the perfect groomers, groomer slope. So now I'm like more uh, frisking with my GS skis. You know, in World Cup we are we have also a lot of time before the, the day before the race. We sometimes we have a, a like a one hour to go frisking on the race slope. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me sometimes it's like I'm, I'm joking and I'm saying it's like one of my best discipline because you are alone with your uh, GS skis and you have the piste uh, the slope. Yeah. Only for you and you can uh, you can uh, go turn and carve and. It's really cool. So now I would answer like frisking on a groomer slope.
1: Okay. That's, that, I mean, I, I completely understand that. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like that was a difficult question already. Um, but I have another question for you that's a little more difficult. And beforehand, um, I always let my guests know when I'm about to try to stir things up a bit. So I'm just letting you know now. Um, You may not like this question, but I have to ask it. Um, Okay. So Mathieu Favre was sent home by the French team um, from the Olympics after the GS when he told the media he was only there to race for himself. And um, I was wondering how that affected your team dynamics and if things are better now.
0: Um. In in the Olympics, it, it didn't affect a lot how team. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's um, it's always uh, difficult to to find the good balance because uh, between what you really think and uh, what the media would say. Okay. And uh, in Olympics, it's uh, it was first first experience and first time for, for me in Olympics. But you have to be careful in Olympics because there is also. Uh, the, the the French state with you and uh, the media are, are like uh, going crazy and yeah you know for sure the first words of Matthew was uh, was not so big but uh, with all the media stuff uh, during Olympics it uh, it was uh, going crazy but uh, now you know we, I think in uh, in the French team we are pretty lucky because we have lots of uh, strong skier so mm. um, we are aware that. Uh, on the slope in the gates we are uh, we are racing each other mm-hmm. but uh, in the normal life uh, after the training uh, during like the physical training or at the dinner at the meal uh, we, are, we have a really good atmosphere between us and uh, we are kind of friends of course mm-hmm. you can't be friend with everybody every time but uh, we are we are pretty lucky to have a really good mood between us so um, it was never easy with the French team because we were like four g- when there were Thomas Van Mathieu Feve, Alexis Pentru and me. We were like four guys in top seven. Mm-hmm. So everyone wants to be on the podium. So if you are on the podium, it's not your, your friend. So um, I think it was not easy every time. But uh, now we are in a really good way. You know, Alexi has his uh, own team. Uh-huh. Uh, so be- Alexi because, uh, doesn't
1: train with you guys that much?
0: No, not anymore. Thing? Okay. Not anymore. He has his own trainers and uh, we don't see him. Uh, we never see him. We have uh, our own program and he has the whole program. And I think now it's much more um, official. So this is, uh, there is no, no things under the table and we can, we, we can talk uh, in a normal way. So I think now we are, it's uh, every, everything is in a good way.
1: Okay. Yeah, and 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 Matthew is is uh, is he a good teammate to you guys now?
0: Yeah, I think it's also for sure was not the Olympics period was not easy for Mathieu. Mm-hmm. but um, no, I think he's uh, he find he found also his um, his way to work for him, and uh, I think no, he's happy with uh, with the way we do it.
1: Okay. Well, um, oh, you know what? I had one more question. I don't know if if. Uh, if if Matthew wants you to say anything, but um, we're just everyone's curious. You will,
0: you will have him uh, after in the, in the podcast.
1: Um, maybe I'll have him on um, because I want okay. to ask him about his uh, <laughs> his relationship with Michaela and 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 how it was and 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 why it ended.
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's difficult for me to talk about it because uh, Matthew don't, didn't talk a lot about. It and it's like his it's, private
1: life, it's so it's private uh, life. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, uh, to be honest, uh, I never,
0: I, he, he was um, really, I, I can't say secret, but he was like, uh, re- he, he was uh, really aware of his private life. So, yeah, I, I didn't see uh, Michaela, I never see Michaela in France, mm-hmm. so I don't know what happens.
1: Well, he, see, here's, here's an easier question, um. I guess we can look at the statistics on this. Do you think he skied faster when he was with Michaela or not with Michaela? Uh, <laughs> you don't have well, to answer that, but I'll. we can look uh, at the statistics on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, there, skiing is a beautiful sport because there is no rules. Yeah. And uh, you have to, to, to take some distance with this because for sure, first when the when they stopped was not easy because you can easily think about it but the uh, first race he did a podium in uh, Zolden. Mm-hmm. and I think after this uh, everything is starting from zero so his so, first uh, his
1: first race this season this past season
0: yeah, yeah. this season so yeah it's you can talk about uh, your relationships with your girlfriend but it's also the same way you change uh, your trainer or you change your ski brand yeah so you have to be strong enough in the head to 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 don't think about it and to, to start a new chapter
1: exactly that's a that's a great point and i
0: think it is the same for every in every sport
1: yeah and so is there anything you know do you find that if your girlfriend is with you um, you ski faster or it doesn't matter um,
0: to, to, to my side it's uh, I have I have been with the same girl since like eleven here mm mm-hmm. I'm still with it with her and uh, she's uh, she's sharing uh, the same passion about skiing like mm-hmm. me and she's uh, pushing me a lot and helping me a lot and everything I do for skiing so for sure uh, uh, my uh, my results uh, are a little bit uh, because of her okay. and, uh, she 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 is in she's in my team so we are working together but I hope if uh, one day we stop I don't i don't hope but you never know what can happen but I, uh, I hope I will be strong enough in my head to be like uh, independent you know
1: gotcha. the, yeah like
0: like the, the, the most uh, the most important thing about the trainer, uh, you can talk about physical trainer, about mental trainer, or about ski trainer, is to <clears throat> to help you to grow and to be independent. So
1: okay.
0: if you change, you have to still be independent.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, you know, when I was younger, I relied so much on coaches. But the best coaches I had were the ones that were able to... Teach me to be independent, because you're never with the same coach or trainer at all times.
0: Yeah, and when you have the start, you are alone. So yeah, you are, you have to learn by yourself, and they can help you to find the key, but in the end, you have to find it by yourself.
1: Yeah. So speaking of of mental toughness and being strong in the head, um, you've won a World Cup and an Olympic medal, which is you know much better than the majority of, of ski racers. But was there a moment in your ski career, starting from when you were young to uh, when you started winning, that you you just kind of thought to yourself, oh no, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I, I don't know if, if I have it in me. I don't know if I'll ever win a World Cup or, a, or an Olympic medal. Did you have a tough period like that?
0: Um, to be honest, I think the Mortal Game is one of my... Um... My my best uh, um, my best characteristic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can say this, yeah. Yeah. And um, since I'm a kid, I was always uh, really I, I had a lot of determination and what I, I was uh, really focused on uh, what I want to do and what I want to achieve. Um, <clears throat> but for sure, um, I can say that the darkest period for me was like the Europa Cup because uh, you know when you are in uh, in this circus you are like between the world cup and the and the fizz race and uh, you are a little bit uh, all by yourself mm-hmm. and you have to fight it's really difficult you have like higher bib uh, the race are really difficult because there is like lots of Europe cup guys but also some World Cup guys who need some points and uh, you are you are like 20 years old you still want to continue studying but uh, you want also to be professional so you have to wait you don't earn some money so you are like uh, you know in a special mood and uh, i had like five years in a europa cup and uh, for sure was not easy but uh, i think this is uh, it it uh, helps me to be what i'm now yeah you know to to be able to to ski in uh, many disciplines and to be able to to ski in some difficult terrain and to be strong in the second run, and uh, for sure was difficult. But uh, I think, I think if you can go through it, you will be you will be much better. Yeah. But but uh, also, after this, uh, the the most difficult part was also uh, going into the top thirty in World Cup, because this is the first time you experience. Then you have to be good at first run. If not, you go home directly. Yeah. And. Uh, this is really difficult to, to find the, the the good balance between aggressivity and fluidity. And uh, I had like uh, a lot, I think like 20, 25 starts without points, without going into top 30 after first one. Wow. And uh, you know, it was like uh, it's difficult because <clears throat> the trainer of the World Cup team, you are not in the World Cup team, you come from the Europa Cup, they give you the chance. And uh, you understand that it's your, maybe your chance, So you have to be really, really good at first time. And uh, you, you, put, you, you put on you some pressure. And, and after, it's uh, difficult to, to ski in a good way. So, you know, I, I'm like kind of guy. We need to, to go step by step. I'm not a guy who go like, uh, who, go, who go fast to the top. Yeah. And uh, we will maybe go down. I go step by step, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I do with the World Cup Top 30. Like the, the first time I made it, after I understood what, what I have to do and I understood uh, what I, uh, I, I need to, to do it again and I was okay and after I, I made it points after points. Yeah.
1: Well, <clears throat> what would you say, you know... I would probably consider you a very, um, you know, I think you're right. The mental part of ski racing is, is your strong suit. Um, you know, you look at, you know, going to the Olympics and, and getting that medal in um, your one shot to do it. Um, what is your kind of, uh, what do you do every race? What, what is your routine to get yourself in the right mental state to perform on that one run?
0: But I think it's coming from all the training, you know for me mm-hmm. was uh, always like this. Um, I really want to to always push the maximum and to to do all I can to have no regrets. Mm-hmm. <coughs> if I, if if before I did all I want, and I, I know I will be I will be ready at each start, even if i uh, if I still uh, need some time, uh, if I still need some training. But if I do all I can, I have no regrets about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, being uh, good on a race, you have to be good at training before. So that's why uh, in training I'm uh, I'm always trying to to get my uh, my best level, and uh, I'm I'm always uh, training in my head to be like to be to train like if I was racing. Mm-hmm. and I think in the French team we have always uh, aware about it and. Uh, like uh, of course, when we're starting skiing in May or June, we are not like this. But we are when we are like in September, just before the first race, mm-hmm. we are all pushing at the maximum level. So this is why we, when, we, if you do this after, you can come to the race and uh, take it more easy because you just have to to do the same things you did during your training.
1: Yeah, train like you race. Yeah. Yeah. So- well, we have to start to to uh, finish the interview, but. I wanted to ask, I love this question, and, and it's often a difficult one, but um, who is Victor Mufajande um, outside of ski racing? What are your hobbies and passions and just general, you know, who,
0: who is so, it? So, I'm like, um, I, I am an outdoor guy, mm-hmm. so uh, I found a second passion a little bit uh, late, like when I was uh, 12 or 13 about uh, mountain biking Mm -hmm. so (coughs) for me this is really the the best second thing in my life after skiing I think if I wouldn't be a ski racer I would be um, a mountain biker downhealer and uh, when I'm uh, in uh, summer uh, preparation of course you have to work hard in uh, a workout with the in the gym but uh, I really try to to find sometimes to do lots of uh, mountain biking, especially downhill, because I, I have like really same feelings than skiing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty lucky to live uh, in a beautiful place in France, like a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> I think like you have in the US. So I have also lots of lake, so I can do like wakeboarding or wake surfing. So it's really fun. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I, I try to go in holidays also surfing, even if it's uh, for me the most difficult sport in my life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who really likes balance sport. So I didn't play a lot soccer or tennis when I was young, but all about balance, like uh, skate, rollerblading, mm-hmm. mountain biking or, uh, or surfing, I really loved it. Uh, of course, uh, like uh, every young guy, I like traveling. Um I can say that I live the dream of my life, you know. Uh, yeah. Since I'm uh, like a six years old boy, I want to to be in the ski racing world. So, for me, it's not about uh, all the the result on the paper. It's more about the emotion you can feel. And uh, <clears throat> for sure, what I what I felt in the Olympics were like my best emotion so far. Uh-huh. And uh, I want to to continue to work hard to to have the chance to live it again. Yeah. So this is what you can resume about me.
1: Wow, well, I have... When you talk about, you know, the dream starting as a, a six-year-old kid and and then finally, you know, doing it, getting a medal in the Olympics, um, that gives me chills. That's, that's cool stuff. Um, and so, to wrap it up, um, I always offer guests, because you gave me your time, I want to um, give back in some way, and um, are there any projects or um, things you're working on or anything you want me to advertise or tell people about?
0: No, but um, for sure I really like uh, like a young guy I really like also the the video side of my sports and uh, like the geek side And Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think we really have to to work a lot about the the image of uh, ski racing Mm-hmm. Because uh, now it's getting more and more difficult to see it in the TV, and uh, yeah. I think we have we have to work all together uh, to bring your spot to uh, to the next level, to a better visibility. Yes. And uh, this is this is really not easy with the fees, because uh, they control everything, and and it's difficult uh, when you are an athlete to to bring your voice. But yeah. uh, I think we 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 need to start thinking about it. Yeah. So um, as a skier uh, this year, I should uh, I should come to the World Pro Ski Tour uh, World Championship, you know, in uh, in April. Oh, but yeah, because of the lockdown was whole, uh, whole canceled. Uh-huh. But uh, I really hope I can come next year for sure. Because uh, oh, awesome. like I said, uh, like I said, for me, this is more about the experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm starting also learning German because I think it it's important for our sport because we are always in uh, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, mm-hmm. and even if it's, uh, English is, uh, is the first uh, language, when you're scared, it's important also, I think, to speak German with all the brands, the ski area.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Uh, no, yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope to. I really like the, the U.S. spirit, you know. For us, mm-hmm. like I said, when we come to Beaver Creek, uh, this is crazy because uh, all the fans. Uh, even if there isn't, if it seems to be not so much fans in the U.S., uh, the ones who comes to Beaver Creek, they are like, uh, like, with the U.S. spirit, and it's uh, maybe difficult to explain, but uh, when you come to France this is a really big difference. Like In France, uh, they come for you, but if you are like not top three, they are like, whoa, what What happened? What's ah, going on? Yeah. And uh, I really like the US spirit, because the American spirit, because this is totally different. And uh, I was also lucky to leave the World Championship in Beaver Creek in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, all the guys are here, and they are saying to you, you shred, man. Go for it. <laughs> And even if you are like 10 or even if you last of yeah. the World Cup, they are still staying in the in the tribune and waiting for you and shouting for you. And uh, yeah, this is for me what I really like about the Americans.
1: Well, that's really good to hear. And I I didn't realize that there was a difference. But um, yes, in the U.S., we would call that uh, stoke. The stoke is high. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, so to recap what you said, it's very interesting. Um, that you know, I think that FIS does need to do more to get our sport more visible. We need more people in the world to know about it. You're hundred percent right. Um, and I don't
0: know if you saw the.
1: Sorry, I cut you, but oh, okay. I don't know good. if
0: you saw like the the Netflix uh, the Netflix uh, series about uh, Formula One. No, I didn't. Okay, so the, since two years, they did uh, like, uh, you, you, you can say it in American series. Uh,
1: what is it? Oh, series. Yeah. A
0: series about, about yeah. Formula One. And uh, Formula One was like a boring sports. And now uh, because of, the, of Netflix, everyone is, like, uh, really happy about watching some news about Formula One. And I think um. it should be the same with uh, Alpine skiing because we are, we are the Formula One of winter sports. And yeah. there is so much things to <coughs> to tell about sports like the material parts or all the training parts and I think people would love know uh, it
1: yeah I think you're right we need we need we need a Netflix series we need to <laughs> if anybody out there knows somebody at Netflix um, hit me up um, and I'm also excited that you're uh, gonna be on the world pro ski tour because um, that's actually a sponsor of the show and I think it's a um it's a really exciting if that can if that uh event and league can grow I think that would be good for the sport of ski racing as well. Um but that's all the time we have so um Victor um uh how do I say uh merci um, and uh <laughs> sorry
0: for my English not easy for my first time interviewing
1: English but Oh, it's your first time interviewing a- in English? <laughs> wow, that's impressive, because um, I I did not hold back, I threw everything at you, um, and okay. I'm, I'm sorry about that, uh, I and mean, I really appreciate the fact that you know English, because I obviously only know bonjour uh, and merci in French. Yeah, it's
0: a good start. A and, good start.
1: Uh, oh, I know, um, what, uh, il fait froid, does that mean I'm cold?
0: So yeah, yeah.
1: It's kind of yeah. <laughs> it's all <cool>. right. <laughs> it's like it's cold. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I really appreciate it, and um, we the podcast officially is a fan of Victor, so we will be rooting for you this season.
0: Cool, and uh, hope to see you on the World Cup tour You. Yeah. And all the guys who are listening the podcast, hope to see you in the slop in uh, in Colorado or in Europe.
1: Now, when I got off the phone with Victor, he said, be strong. That was his, his uh, sign-off. Instead of, it, instead of like goodbye or be well or take care, it's just be strong. I think I'm going to end all my interviews this way or maybe all my phone calls. I love that. It's so much better than take care. Be strong. I love it. Actually, another good one I heard earlier today was cool heads and clean hands. In these times, I don't know if you can sign off better than that, actually. Break out those. uh, You have officially been licensed them by me. No worries on the copyright. Now, before we read the mail and take our caller, I want to remind you to take advantage of our sponsor, Sync Performance, while you can. If you forgot, Sync is spelled S-Y-N-C, and you can go to SyncPerformance.com and use the code SRPODCAST20 for 20% off your next purchase, SR Podcast 20, for quality jackets, backpacks, etc. that are designed and tested by ski racers like you. Additionally, if this podcast isn't enough of a ski racing fix, head on over to worldproskitour.com to watch season highlights, exclusive interviews, and get psyched. You can expect more and more famous ski racers in the tour next year, actually. Remember, Victor mentions that he was going to race in the Pro Tour this year and likely maybe next year. All right, let's do the mail. Um, so first, oh, no, we're getting a call. Here we go. Hey, is this Jimmy? Uh, yes, and, and who is this? Right, I'll make
0: this quick and painless, unlike your jokes earlier on the show, which were very
1: long and painful, I must say. Um, I don't know half of these guests you've got on here. Where's Michaela Schifrin? She seems like a wonderful young lady. Why don't you have her on the show? Well... uh, I'm sure you don't have a single soul for your next interview. Actually, my next interview is with a ski-tuning and waxing expert about high-fluoro waxes. Waxing? Waxing? What on earth are you talking about waxing? I wax my eyebrows. Does that make me a ski racer? Well, I'm sure your wax is not high-fluoro wax. And with that, Aunt Betty, I'm sorry we have to let you go. Thanks for calling in. All right, we'll get that young lady, Michaela, on the show. Okay, I'll try. Bye now. Ugh, I seem to have bad luck with these callers. Anyway, I actually did have a great conversation with Michaela... And I'm hoping I can convince her to be on the show, so stay tuned for that. Can't promise anything, but stay tuned. Now for the mail reading. I got two notes. One of them was a great story um, from a Carl, who must have listened to my 10th Mountain Division episode, because he says that his father, who was Swiss-born, came to the U.S. in 1937, helped start the ski school at Pico in vermont and then he taught skiing to the new 10th mountain division recruits in colorado before ending up in the mountain battles himself and finally earning a purple heart then he returned to pico coached andrea mead when she was young who went on to win two olympic golds in 52 there's a trail named after carl it's carl acker at pico and a ussa race called the carl acker memorial so an incredible story from Carl Jr., his son, who says that after several decades of coaching, um, he can now finally enjoy, uh, quote-unquote, skiing with poles, with, in all caps. Thank you, Carl, for that story, and that just oozes ski racing passion. I love it. Also, I got a note from an AJ, who just says that he enjoys the pod and looks forward to it every week, and thank you, AJ. Remember... Uh, Email me at ski racing this week at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at jimmy underscore who underscore. I love your notes. Keep them coming. Comments, questions, suggestions, and grievances alike are all welcome. I will always respond. I can guarantee you that. Also, don't forget, I feel like uh, Bernie Sanders here and all those ads you kept. you kept getting, like, I am now once again asking for your financial support. Um, This is me. I am now once again asking that you tell your friends to subscribe. (laughs) Seriously, though, it helps out me a lot when you not only listen but click the subscribe button. And it helps you out because it notifies you and downloads episodes automatically. And it lets the podcast world know that we are coming. And just like that, our time is up. You know you can find me right here next week. Thursday morning, that is. Until then, cool heads, clean hands, and be strong. I'm Jimmy Krupka. This is Ski Racing This Week, Ski Racing Media's official podcast. Ski you later.